Okay, the par, the, this week is the parsha. what you're going to learn on Shabbos is Achrei. Finally, we go back to the regular parshas of the week. In this parsha, we speak about the service of the high priest on Yom Kippur. And that's what you're going to learn a little bit about. What happened on Yom Kippur? It's an interesting story in a specific, specific Yom Kippur that took place in Jerusalem. But let's start with source number one. Aaron, the high priest, shall enter the holy with a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Rashi. Okay. He says, and with this Aaron will come to the holy, it means to the holy of holies, to the, where the ark of the covenant was, with this type of sacrifices. So says Rashi. Go ahead. Aaron shall enter the holy with, and even with this, not at all times, but only on Yom Kippur, as is specified at the end of the section, verse 29, in the seventh month on the tenth of the month, that is the tenth of Tishrei, Yom Kippur. Then the Rashi says what he talks about here, when when Aaron entered the temple with this with the sacrifice, he's talking about Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, the, the, the high priest could not go to the Holy of Holies every day whenever he wants. Only on Yom Kippur, with the right sacrifices, with the right clothing, with the right all the... And yet that was a seven-day preparation before that. He had to be locked up, kind of quarantined, in the temple for seven days before Yom Kippur. And he had to be married. A Kohen Gadol who is not married cannot enter the Holy of Holies. He cannot pray for the Jewish people if he's not married. Because if you're not married, you don't know Soros. what Soros is all about. Ow! <laughs> no, I mean to say, is because if you're not, you know the real answer? If you're not married, if you're not married, you're not a complete. My husband would agree that that was the real answer. <laughs> the real answer is that you're not a complete person if you're not married. In Judaism, only when you're married, you're complete. If not, you are like a half a table, half a person. Then, uh, for a man, women, even though they're not married, they're complete. A man needs to be to be to be to be married to be complete. Rabbi, this reads in a strange way. It says, it says, Aaron shall enter the holy with the young bull. He was bringing the young bull into the holy of holies? The holy is not in the holy of holies. That's it, the holy, right? Yeah. It means in general. But it means to say he will enter the holy after he brings the bull. But that's the way it's written in the text. Okay. <laughs> okay, read source number two. When the high, yeah, you. When the high priest concluded this, his service, the people escorted him to his house in the deference to him. The high priest would make a feast for his loved ones and his friends when he emerged in peace from the sanctuary. Okay, and here the Mishnah describes the old way what how the high priest was the service of the high priest inside the temple Yom Kippur. If you remember during the high holiday service on Yom Kippur, we actually in the prayer book in the Machzer we have a whole description of what the high priest used to do Yom Kippur in the temple. Then it was a very tense experience for the Jewish people. Because the high priest used to pray on behalf of the Jewish people. And if God, that's okay. God, God will, if God, for, if God, if he comes out from the holy of holies alive, it's, it's a proof that, it's a proof that the, the, the holy of holies, it's a proof that God had forgiven the Jewish people. Then when he finally came out from the holy of holies, the whole nation used to follow him with a big celebration to, to, to the temple. In later times, they didn't come out. 
Yeah, oh, during the second no, temple. With the ropes. Then what did we do? <laughs> no, no, if it didn't come out, it was a very sad Yom Kippur. <laughs> because the, the high priest had to be a holy person that God should forgive everybody. Then uh, the, this business, if he came out or not, the whole nation used to stand like, oh, wait, when is he coming out? And they begged them. When you come out, he used to, when he used to, in the Holy of Holies, he used to just walk in and offer the incense. He didn't really make a prayer in, in his mouth, only in his thoughts. When he came out from the Holy of Holies, right outside, he used to make a prayer for the Jewish people. That they told them, make a short prayer. Because he can't take it. We need to see you outside. Hmm. Don't do it long. The, the Talmud, the, we have it in the text in the, in the, in the Machzer. He used to make a tefillah tzara, short prayer, and, the, and the most, the, only the most important things. Just make it good. It shouldn't be tzores. It shouldn't be every, nobody should be scared. You should have, we should have parnosa. We should have livelihood. Things like this. Shouldn't be wars. It's a very short prayer. But, and then he came out. Then when he came out, it was a huge celebration. It burst out into a huge celebration. And sometimes the huge celebration started before the fest was over. Because in the beginning, they used to be, they used to tie a red um, thread in the top of the temple. And when the red turned white, it was a sign that God had forgiven the Jewish people. That everybody is standing there and is waiting. It's almost like in, um, where, where, you know, when it's New Year's, they're standing at Manhattan. Where is this? Yeah, in Times Square. And everybody, ah, that's exactly what was going on there. Then when they saw the people really got crazy about it, they started to tie the red thread, the red uh, thread on, on the horns of the, of, of the, of the, um, of the, what used to send to, to, to exile. Or scapegoat, the scapegoat. They used to put it on the horns of the scapegoat because they didn't want everybody should sit and wait for it. And, but it was a, but when finally the, 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 holy, the high priest came out from the holy temple, now you need to understand, not always they, they didn't make it. Many times they made it out and it was good, and during the year they didn't make it for next year. And not always they actually died in the temple. It was, but not always. In the first temple there were 18 high priests in a, in a period of time of 410 years. In the second temple, in a period of time of 420 years, were over 300 high priests, maybe 318. That means it was a revolving door. But still, there were high priests who came out, and it was a big celebration. Okay, there was someone that were in bind spots from each other, right? They were like betting on it, or no? It was, it was, no, no, it was, it was, it was, why it happened? Because they were not righteous people. Because they bought the job, the Romans controlled the temple. Mm. And whoever mm. the, high, the highest bidder got it. It was all about connection and bribery. Then the high priest was a, he was a priest, but he wasn't the person who deserved to be the high priest. So it was always Aaron at first. Aaron was the first. Aaron was the first one. And then then there was Aaron's son, and there was his grandson, and it was always one of the grandchildren of Aaron. But over the generations, it was different grandchildren. Okay. So Rabbi, God forbid that the the high priest doesn't make it out. Yeah. And so the the, the people aren't purified. The people are not forgiven. So, so do, do they? Did they, did they send someone else in? To no, 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 no. Oh, the guy that was on deck? You just had to pray extra hard for that year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. There, there was no... There is no second chance on this business. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a one-time thing. You send, you send them whatever it is, it is, and finished. You need to understand, ultimately, we need to remember that the leaders reflect the people. 
Let's not kid ourselves. And if the president is a duess, that we are duess. You understand? It doesn't work. The, the leaders reflect the people. That's the bottom line. We cannot have people, we cannot be like who we are and have a, a leader from once upon a time. It just doesn't work. Then one way or another, it's our fault. Yeah, like you can deal with who you are. Yeah, always there's a guy who says, I'm so righteous, why I deserve it? If you would be righteous enough, you would influence others. Being righteous in my basement is not good enough. Okay, now comes the description from a... Uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Quick question. Um, uh, you mentioned so the thread would turn white. Was there something with the incense, like a certain type of smoke that would signify that uh, the prayer was accepted? accepted? It was in general, it's written that the smoke in the temple the, of the incense is to go out straight. It was a straight pillar. Mm-hmm. And yet that was also a sign, if I remember correct, that the prayers were answered. I know why you're going, where you're going. To the, to, the, to the Vatican. Right? I was thinking yeah. as well. I know, I know, I know. I just it's wondered about... Really no, no, they took it from there, absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, they took it from there. Absolutely, yes, yes, so what, yes. Okay, so that was also... I was going to ask that same question because I thought that was the same... It was the same coloring. Um, but also, it seems like um, that's what Jesus was. Jesus I mean, was, Jesus, Jesus like died crime. for their sins. And no, no, no. Uh, we don't like, say that. We don't say that the, I, the high priest died for our sins. To no, but, but, he's, but he, he died because he was the wrong person to begin with. But he was praying for the sake of the people. Yeah. No, no. What you asking? You asking yeah. a second question? Okay. He was praying. He's praying for the people, just like. First of all, so they he was took, praying for the people. Not, yes. So, so no, no, it no, by the uh, way, okay. way, everything like they took, they took, that. they took from us everything, right. and twisted it a little bit. Okay. That's it. So that's that, that, that's why I'm, that's why I was asking. I'm like, it's yeah, kind but, of similar, different, but similar. yeah, yeah, there is there is something. Like, saying yeah, that, what, like I never realized that somebody prayed on our behalf. And just what, like Jesus prayed on their behalf. By the way, but you are you are right. And since the temple is destroyed, we don't have a high priest. Then God made every one of us his high priest. Basically, God took it from one and gave it to everybody. You don't deserve a temple, now all of you will pray. In the time of the temple, we did not have to pray. There was no synagogues with this prayer books this thick. We wanted to fast, not to pray. And everybody was in, if you're in Jerusalem, you're waiting to see what the high priest, if you're living in Tzfat, you're stuck in Tzfat, you pray, you're fasting. There was no prayer books this size. But the temple was destroyed. Now God says it's you and you and you and you and you. Everybody is, is his own high priest. Everyone is high priest. Yeah, they offer sacrifices. Like that's all they did. They offered offer sacrifices for the, some holidays. And then, then also you, you went out and fast once a year. Yeah, I mean, they didn't even have offer, offer sacrifices. You can only in, in Jerusalem. Right. If you live in Tzvat, you... you Speaking of things borrowed, that was at the Indian wedding. The, the ceremony was under a hoopah. They had a four-legged structure, just like Jews, mm-hmm. and they had their ceremony thing. So Listen, the Jews have beautiful traditions. Everybody's telling something. Were they common? Were they high caste? Probably, I would say. They were I, I don't know. On the floor? Uh, Turbans? I think. No, they yeah. all have dots. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I think, I they, they, did, I think they were some of the, the from the old Jewish <clears throat> people that went east. Yeah. But, I don't know. It was interesting. <laughs> You see, I'm trying to learn my traditions, barely make this. <laughs> Hinduism is actually older, like four and a half thousand years. Really? Okay. Wow, you know, Okay, source number three, my friend. Yeah, you want I'll to read? Work with
uh, when the high priest left, the honor was double. This is a description from a Roman uh, minister or something that he was visiting in the, in the end of the second temple in Jerusalem. And he describes how it looks, he, uh, part of the description is how it looks at the end of Yom Kippur. He was there Yom Kippur and he see what's going on. He was saw what's going on. Go ahead. When the high priest left, the honor was double pulled. The entire nation would pass before him, most of them holding flaming torches of white wax. They all wore white clothing, and all the windows were adorned with embroidery and brightly lit. The priests tell me that the high priest sometimes only arrives home at midnight due to the crowded streets and the great mass of people. Although they were all still fasting, they would not go home before it. they at least tried to kiss the hands of the high priest. You understand what was going on then? Mm-hmm. He was to go out and die. If he made it outside of the temple, means he's a holy man. That the, the crowds, the, the nation was so excited about them, they were still fasting. Everybody wanted to kiss the, the, the end of the, of the holy man. Wow. But it's far the Jews have a custom that they kiss the rabbi's hand. And also the Kohanim, the co- the 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 kiss then? After the blessed congregation, uh, come, people come around and they, they kiss then. They, yes. The Ashkenazi Jews don't kiss then, but when the Rebbe, I mean, many people are not, well, as far they came to the Rebbe, they kiss then, the Rebbe allowed it. Like, but uh, that's what he tells you here. He's, he's a Roman, tells the story, what was going on. Until midnight, he couldn't come home. And you're talking about a few streets. The old city, Jerusalem, was not big. And the house of the high priest was not too far from the temple. It was like from my house to, to the shul. I mean, <laughs> how far could you? And it took him until midnight. Everybody wanted to be to have a piece of him. And they were all fasting. The excitement was in the sky. I mean, anybody who was around the Rebbe knows how these things go. It's like there is no, everybody wants to get with the Rebbe to give out wine by the end of Pesach or the end of Yom Kippur or the end of Simchas Torah. Everybody used to stand five hours and give everybody a little bit of wine. Nobody went home. The Rebbe walked out 4.30 in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, and everybody else was there full. It was like the middle of the day. That was what's going on in the temple because the high priest came out from the Holy of Holies. Go ahead. The, the next, next day. The next day, the high priest would make a festive meal, invite friends and family, and it would be a holiday for him because he left the Holy Sanctuary in peace. Yeah, it was it a... Was, uh, if you don't mind, when you finish, to go out and turn on the condition. You know, to turn, it's by the door, though. Oh, by the... Uh, Inside the side. Yeah. No, light, no, by, by the, the light. Okay. Okay. Uh, he would then command a goldsmith to make a golden plate and inscribe it in the following. I, so-and-so, the high priest, the son of so-and-so, the high priest, served in my position in the great and holy temple for the service of he whom his name rests there. It was in the year so-and-so since creation. May he who granted me this service grant it for my children to stand and serve in front of the Lord. You can imagine it was a huge thing. He used to make a big party the day later because that day he couldn't, it was crazy, he couldn't do anything. The next day he made a big celebration. The day after Yom Kippur is called, in by, in today it's called by Hasidim, in, in God's name. That's the day it's called, the day it's called by God's name. That's what's called. How you Hashem. Hashem. So he went only. He went in only for twenty-four hours. He went in for five minutes. Oh, was it? He went in, in and out a few times. He, uh, he went in to offer the incense, and he went out to take out the 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 pot. The so within that very yes. short time frame, some sometime they didn't come out. Yeah, it doesn't take much. You know, when you're in the wrong place, it doesn't take much. If you're if you're in Mariupol, in the wrong place, in the wrong time, it doesn't take much. Rabbi, so, so this was. 
like a high priest was elected position or oh then in the in the good years it was the most righteous priest became the high priest it to be a very holy man later you you were rising in the ranks yes 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 and when was i pre- there, was, some, was there ever a time that it was not one of Aaron's descendants no what's going on there i turned it the air was not but now you turn it? I turn it, yeah. I turn sure? it go on. I can feel okay. it. Okay, good. Then, uh, then you can close the window because the noise, I don't want the noise of the window on, on the record. Sorry for all you dri- driving you all crazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was, and then he used to make like a little plaque made out of metal and right under it, in his, his own achievement. That he was high priest and he prays to God that his children continue to be the high priest. And where did he put that plaque? In his house? Maybe in his house, maybe on his chest. I don't know. I don't know where he put it. But that's what he writes. It was more um, commemoration. Like, may I, he didn't put it inside the temple, I can tell you that. So if he did it every single time that he went in and out, and if he went in so many times, he has a lot of laughs. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> now comes the juicy part. <laughs> now there's a story in the town. Okay, what happened is like this. A high priest walked out of the temple. Yom Kippur, everybody's joining him, and it's a huge party. It's amazing. And from the other side were coming the two leaders of the Jewish people. At that time, there was a period, I think, of five generations. Then the leaders, it were, it's called the Zugot, to appear, two, two leaders. One was the Nasi, the president, if you want, the leader, and then the chief of chief, chief Joseph, the chief, the chief of the Beidin, the, the, high, the head of the, old, the Jewish court, the Supreme Court. And these two, in this time, these two went from the other side. And it was like five generations, there were two. Ilan and Shammai was the last one. You know, Ilan and Shammai, they were the two leaders. The same time was before that were, uh, were uh, two, two leaders. They were Nita uh, Arbeli. Um, uh, if you look in Pirkei Avot, in the beginning of the first chapter of Pirkei Avot, it goes, the whole purpose of Pirkei Avot is to teach us the, to read, really record the generations, the, chi, the chain of tradition, all the way from after the, from the people of Great Assembly until the, the Talmud, till the, and that starts on this, that he, may, he mentions all the names of the, of the peers, of the two, uh, two leaders together. It's for five generations, I think. In any case, Shmai and Naftalion were converts. The leaders of the Jewish people were Roman converts. Aftalion is not a regular Jewish name. You don't find in the Bible somebody with the name Aftalion. And then Ishmael, what? You think that they could be. You're right. That, but why not? Leaders of the Jewish people, you could be. You don't have to be. If you can be, you can be a convert. Rabbi Akiva was a son of converts. Not, not a Kohen. A Kohen cannot be a oh. convert. You're right. But a leader, anybody who learns Torah, if you are the greatest scholar and you are the, the righteous man, you can make the right choices and the right decisions, you are going to be the leader. To be a coin, your father is to be a coin. To be a king, your father is to be the house of David. 
To be a leader of the Jewish people, anybody could be. No matter where you're coming from, anybody can be the leader of the Jewish people. There were quite a few gen- Why do I, Shmaya, and Naftali were converts? It's a strange thing. You couldn't find from all the Jewish people and anybody to become a leader. Then some historians say it was because there's two explanations. One explanation, there were so many, so many Romans converted to Judaism that it's a play of, a play of numbers, you understand? If, if 100,000 people convert to Judaism, no surprise, the two of them will rise to the, to the, high, to the highest uh, position. Also, you need to understand the intelligentsia of, of what the Roman emperor, emperor was, was uh, converting to Judaism. They were fascinated with Judaism. That's why the government was so anti-Jewish, because it was like, mm. it went both ways. They, so many people were saying, because all the idol worshipping, the people who were, were a little smart said, oh, need this garbage. They wanted something. They saw the Jewish people. The, the main thing with the Jewish people that was attracting the, the rest of the world was the family life, how the Jewish people raised families, how they raised children, how they, the whole. It was like, look how they live, how they live their life, how, how nice they get along. And this thing attracted me, uh, many, many. I remember to read once, I think there are 100,000 to 200,000 um, Romans, they estimate, converted to, to the Jewish people, to Judaism. But the second explanation of some other historians, so I don't remember where I heard it over the years, then because it was so hard to have a relationship with the Roman uh, government, they wanted Romans to speak to them. You know, somebody comes and speaks your language, now they chose some rabbi will show up and say, hey, you, you need some Roman who speaks the right language. No. It's a different way to speak when you, and some, some of, it comes to them, I know you, don't give me this garbage, these excuses. Then to make it easier on, on, on the connection between the Roman government and the Jewish people. In any case, Shmaiwa and Aftalim were two great leaders, great people, they were the leaders of the Jewish people. And what happened is the, the, the Kohen Gadol goes from the high temple, from the Holy of Holies. He waits a whole year for this party. You need to understand that is highlight of the year, right? And suddenly, when they see Shmai and Aftali and Gauls on the other side, all the guys want to see the rabbis. They left the high priest and they went to the rabbis. Because they love the rabbis very much. Who cares for the high priest? They went to the rabbis. And the, and the, the Kohen Gadol was kind of a little... Um, he did his thing. He's done. He was a little insulted. And he didn't like it. Now I'll see what happened. Continue. Shmai and Aftali came to see the high priest before returning home. They came to say goodbye to him. The high priest said to them, may the descendants of your nation come in peace. He told them, you know what he said? May the descendants of the nation come in peace. You know what he called them? Descendants of the nation. That was an insult, you understand? May the descendants of the nation. say, oh, welcome the house of uh, the the people of the nations. Like, I am... I am pure blood, and you are. Oh, okay. Yeah, he just he just called him boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, no, he didn't say, "What about you?" Kind of. Yeah, that was like. It's a slam. <laughs> Go ahead. May, References to the fact that the Shemaya and Aptolian were sons of the converts. Sons of converts. They were not converts. Sons of converts. Yeah. Uh, the king century. Shemaya and Aptalion replied, may the descendants of the nations come to peace because they conduct themselves like Aaron, who loved and pursued peace. But may the descendants of Aaron not come in peace because he doesn't 
conduct himself like an errant and offends Congress, contrary to the law that it is forbidden to verbally offend the descendant of the convert by saying, remember the actions of your ancestors. Okay, I'll explain what's going on here. Shmaya and Naftalion were descendants of Sancheriv. Sancheriv was a famous Assyrian king and he wanted, he wanted to destroy Jerusalem in the time of Hezekiah, 2,500 years ago, a little more. And Shmai and Naftalion were 300 years later or more, 400 years later, I mean, a long time later. But they were descendants of Sancheriv. Some opinions say they themselves were converts, not just descendants of converts. But in any case, that's what the high priest wanted to give it, to stick it to them. That's the story. Then they answered them, they gave him a nice answer. They told him, may the des- descendants of the nations come in peace because they conduct themselves like Aaron who loved and pursued peace. You know, it's written about Aaron in, in Pekia Avot. Aaron was a man of peace and pursued peace. And he brought people close to the Torah. Aaron was known for being a man of peace. If Moses was the lawgiver, he liked to be there. You know, in every, in every home, you need somebody who is laying down the law and somebody who is kind and nice and this. Then Moses was the father, he used to be the father and the mother, it changed in the last generation, but I'm not going to. The father was laying down the law and the mother was loving him. Then Moses was the father and Aaron was the mother. Aaron made his business to go around and asking people how they're doing, if they need help, if he saw a problem, a shlombite problem too, if a couple was in a fight. He made sure to make peace. If he saw two people, two friends in a fight, he made peace. That was his business. He asked people, you need any help? Maybe you need me to teach you something. Maybe you need to learn something. Oh, that was his business all day. That they said to him, we are behaving, we are the descendants of the convert. We are the nations. We behave like Aaron, your great grandfather, young man. They told the high priest, we, we, uh, we will come to peace because we behave, we continue you. Basically, he told them, we continue your grandfather's tradition, not you. You, that you, spoke, you are descendants of Aaron, you don't continue his tradition. That's what they told them. Then uh, that's what he says here. But may, may the descendants of Aaron not come in peace because he doesn't conduct himself like Aaron and, and, and offended converts. That's what they told them. Because you, you know, because contrary to the to the law that is forbidden to uh, to, to verbally offend offend the descendants of convert by saying him remember the action of your uh, ancestors. There is a law in the Torah. You're not allowed to tell a convert ten generations later that he's a convert. It's offensive. I think no. ten generations. It's, it's an, there is another law that you cannot speak against his descendants ten generations later. Think about it. I saw it in life when you speak against. Russia, somehow people came from Russia, even Jews who suffered in Russia, still get a little bit offended because they say, you don't understand really what's going on there. We understand better. Speak about Iran. People in Iran, there is a certain, right? There's certain of loyalty that you get upset when you speak, when people get, you get upset when people speak about your people, even if you suffer from them yourself. Still, there is, can you imagine for a convert when you speak about, against the, uh, let's say, uh, 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 somebody, come, uh, an Irish convert, and you speak against the Irish people, it gets, no matter what, it's somewhere there, it's, it's, it's hurting him. Then Jewish law says you're not allowed to remind the convert or to insult him or say, oh, because you're a convert, you're doing this, or because, you're never allowed. In Orthodox Judaism, 
somebody converts to Jewish people, is accepted, like everybody else, is not being mentioned, a word that is a convert, you're not allowed to, by Jewish law, is embraced and, and like everybody else. Nobody is even mentioning this word. So how would this person oh, that level? Oh, this thing happened! Yeah. Wow, this question the Rebbe is asking. Mm. We got, we're getting done. That's Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. A high priest came out on the Holy of Holies. Must be that it's not, you cannot take it to the leader level. For 2,000 years was the story in the time when everybody said, What a high priest, I can't believe he did that. What the Rebbe is asking, in 1965, what is going on here? I remember when I read the first time the Sikhe years ago, I was also like, Wow, I, I knew the story. And others looked at me a little, you know, it's like, and more than that, why the Talmud? records the story. Mm -hmm. You think every guy should be recording? Right. <laughs> if, if high priest didn't behave nicely when you're going to record it, well, what is this? This story raises a question. Go ahead, Dubrik. Yeah. The story is a question. When the high priest successfully exited the Holy, uh, the Holy Temple after his prayers were accepted and he achieved atonement for the entire Jewish people, he was certainly on a very lofty spiritual level. A highly priest that wasn't righteous wouldn't come out alive. And this fact demonstrates that exalted um, spiritual level of a high priest that completed the service properly and exited the temple successfully. If he came out, that's what the Rebbe is asking, if he came out alive, so many didn't. Must be the righteous man. Right? And, and the continuous source number four. The high priest recited a brief prayer in our chamber, in the sanctuary. In the after he came out from the temple, from the Holy of Holies, he, this is what I mentioned before, he, decided, he recited a, a brief prayer. Why? Continue. And he would not extend his prayer there so as not to alarm the Jewish people. That's why he made it a short prayer. Who Continue, Pirush Mishnah, on the Rambam. Yeah. Who would otherwise conclude that something happened and that he died in the Holy of Holies? Yeah, that's why he made a show, because people were afraid. You know, it's like you're waiting for your kids to come back from a trip. Can't wait for them. Yeah, just be done with it. That's, that's, what, that's what was going on. The whole nation is waiting. Let me see him out already for heaven's sake. Not to alarm. Um, as a not to frighten because he had extended the prolonged, uh, uh, and prolonged his prayers. His people might fear that he died because many high priests would die if they were not feeding or they changed something in the service or burning the um, What happened is, it was in the time of the Sadducees. The Sadducees was a... Um, there were um, a part of the Jewish people who believed only in the written Torah. Then even then, then when you, and there were things that were written by, the, by the, the rabbis, the rabbis taught us how to learn the Torah, but they didn't believe in what the rabbis were teaching us. There were even certain things inside the, term, inside the Holy of Holies they used to change, used to do it differently. Then therefore, then that could be a reason for him to die there. Because he, because he was a Sadducees, and they had more money. They bought the intelligentsia of the, of the, of the, of the Jewish people. They, they bought the jobs that many times the, the high priest was a Sadducees. Mm -hmm. And he entered the Holy of Holies, and he did it this way, and then he died there. 
then all because he was not righteous, but even if he was righteous, if he did things differently, he died there. And, and they, as, as we mentioned before, I, well, they, 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 they used to tie a rope to him, a long rope, because nobody is allowed to enter the Holy of Holies. That's how you pull him out. They pulled him out with a rope. If he, if he couldn't come out on his own. Did they do that with all of them? Yeah, I think so. By the second temple, yeah. They did, they it's did. interesting, you know, the Sadducees is almost like uh, Protestants, you know, in the Catholic belief. But Sadducees did not pick, pick up, you know, it's, like it's a very, very small group and it never really became big. You know, which is yes. interpretation of the interpretation of the, of the Torah. The Sadducees were big. No, they picked up. It was for a long time. There was a big group of the Jewish people. Were well, Sadducees, yeah. But right now, it's very small. No, now it doesn't exist. <laughs> no, no. The, uh, you you talking about the Karaites? The Karaites were a different version of the Sadducees, uh, and no, in Russia, there were a few. Yeah, Shvach. <laughs> no, no, that's surprised they don't survive because when you don't stick to the Jewish tradition, you assimilate. That's very simple. Sadducees, the Karaites, the Duas, the Yens, no, you name it, what they are. The moment you, you turn away from the, general, from the Jewish tradition, the way Jewish people practice the Judaism for generations, a generation, two, three, it doesn't survive. Because when you change, then everything is up to change. You understand? You start to change things, then why should I do this? And why should I do this? And maybe I should do this differently. I change one thing, my kids change the second thing, and that's over. History proved time and again. People stick to the Jude, to the tradition, to the way Jewish people did it for thousands of years. Their great-grandchildren will be Jewish. If you're trying to be smarter, it's over. And then you don't see it over today. It'll be over in three generations, but it's over. You see it today. You don't have to go too far. You see the assimilation level and everything where it's going? At the same thing. So yeah. we keep saying that the, this moment, uh, people were very anxious to see the high priest come coming out. out. Yes. Like, why they were anxious to uh, to be forgiven? Were, wait, 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 but they were. I just want to make parallel. So they were waiting for Moses, and we know what happened. They miscalculated. They were impatient. They're uh, gold cap. This again, they're like impatient. Is it going to come out? Where is this? Anxiety from like what's uh... because they were afraid that was a sign if God forgiven forgives the Jewish people Yom Kippur gives them a good ear or not. Then if it so doesn't so come out, that's like whoa. It's like business is down, everything's down, kind of. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah absolutely. Everything goes down. Why do we sell? <laughs> so, so there were years when that red ribbon or string stayed red. Obviously, obviously, sure. Well. Not every went well. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, the Rebbe, uh, in, in addition, due to the exalted spiritual state of the day of the Yom Kippur, a day on which the Satan has no power, even a simple Jew is on an elevated spiritual level throughout this day, culminating in its conclusion at the time of the Newa service. It is certain that he has been completely forgiven, as we find in the Talmud that uh, Baba ben Buddha who would bring a sacrifice every day out of concern that he may have a sin, would not bring a sacrifice the day after Yom Kippur because any sin had certainly been atoned for. Okay, let's stop right here. What he says is like this. Yom Kippur, every Jew is on a higher level, right? We all stay Yom Kippur on the we feel like we are touching God. Every, every person becomes a little more pure. He prepares for Yom Kippur with the prayers, the, the fasting. Every puts him in a higher place. 
there is a, there is a, a Talmudic statement, and there was a rabbi who, who was bringing an offer, offering, a, it's called Ashanta Lui, we're not going to, he was bringing, there is an offering that you do for maybe I sinned. Not he didn't sin, he was a great holy man. But the day after Yom Kippur, he didn't bring, because he knew Yom Kippur, he didn't sin. And the day after Yom Kippur is the, pure, the purest day of his life. He did Shuvah Yom Kippur, and now he's, then the day after Yom Kippur, even a regular Jew feels a, high, a higher level. You're coming. Then the question is, go ahead, continue. Um, how then it is possible that the high priest should get offended by the fact that instead of accompanying uh, him, the people accompanied Shemaiah and Aftalion? This is especially difficult considering that Shemaiah and Aftalion were the leader and the chief justice respectively, and all are obligated in their honor. Says that a high priest comes out from the Holy of Holies. I am keeper. Kidding me? You're getting all worked up because they go to the other place. You're the high priest. So let's say it was you lost it. And 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 the student Evan Evan. There is an obligation to honor the the Nasi, the leader of the Jewish people, the the head of the base din, or the head of the Supreme Court of the Sanhedrin. And they have to they have to honor them. So he should have been the high priest should have been higher than this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little dignity boy. You're going to get all walked up because of this. They 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 moved you, they didn't run after you, they run after him. So they run after him. Then you look in the mirror and say, Why they don't run after me? I have to fix something. Whenever I complain me, I'm telling me, look in the mirror, that's your power. <laughs> then uh, then then that's that's a question. It cannot be the conversation doesn't make sense. That's a problem. Must be that there is something deeper than that. Okay, I want to read. Uh, the matter can be explained as follows. The defining characteristic of the high priest is prayer. This is expressed particularly after Yom Kippur, on which he prayed five times. The high priest therefore maintains that the focus of divine service should be on prayer rather than Torah study. Shemaiah and Avtalon were characterized by their Torah study. They maintained that Torah study is of greater importance than prayer. This parallels the disagreement between the sages of the Talmud and the tractate Shabbat right? yeah, yeah, yeah. regarding the importance of Torah study and prayer. There's a whole argument, conversation, dialogue. What's more important, learning Torah or praying? What about Sadaka too? That's uh, no, 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 confuse us. Sadaka. We're talking about prayer and Torah. Don't bring money in the business. Shabbat, basically, right? Shabbat or every day. Really, it's about every day. What's more important? Yom Kippur, obviously, more important is prayer. We don't, we learn, you know, it's written in the month of Elul and leading to die holidays. Even scholars study less and pray more because it's important to concentrate on prayers. Then the question is, here is the high priest. The high priest represents prayer. The coin's job, there is the co- Moses and Aaron. Go back to the first two people. Moses gave the Torah, brought the Torah down from heaven to us. What's the noise? Maybe there is something. Oh. And, and on the other end, Aaron was bringing the prayers of the Jewish people to God. What is the job of the chazan? The chazan, the, the, the cantor, is, the, is called shliach tzibur. is the representative of the tzibur, of the community, to bring the, the prayers to God. Where, the, where, the, where Moses is the rabbi who's teaching us Torah. You know, it's actually every Shabbat we have these two things. We have the conversation with God. 
During prayer, we are praying to God. We speak to God. And then the Torah reading is what God speaks to us. I tell people every time. When you, when, you, when you speak to God, God listens. Why would God speak to you you don't listen? <laughs> it's, it's not, just not naturally. God says, you know, God didn't interrupt you. You speak, you speak. And, uh, say, okay, you finished? Now let me say something. Mm-hmm. And he says, you turn around to your friend, you're talking to him. It's not fair. But this is, that's, a, that's the issue. What's more important? We learn now from the Talmudic, continue the source number five. <coughs> Yeah, please. Oh, uh, sorry, sorry. Rava once saw Rav Hamnua. Hamnuna. Hamnuna, who was prolonging his prayer. He said about him, "They abandon eternal life, the study of Torah, and engage in the temporal life. Prayer, which includes requests for mundane needs." <coughs> Excuse me. The Talmud explains, and Rav Hamnuna held that the time for prayer is distinct and the time for Torah is distinct. The time that one devotes to prayer is not at the expense of the time devoted to Torah. What Rav Rave told Rav Amnune, Rave was, he said, you, you, what he says, he says your Torah is eternal, right? When you learn Torah, it's something, it's a myth, it's you connect to internal, to something that's forever. And it affects you also. You have, and what you, you're wasting your time, you're asking God, I need money. Money goes, money comes, so it's good for one, one hour. What are you telling me? Chayei Sham is temporary things. You, you are, you are putting down something is eternal for temporary things. You're asking from God for your need. I need a car. You don't remember two years from now which car you were driving last time. That's what Rabbi looked at, told Rabbi Amnone. We'll continue later. We'll see a, a, a deeper look at the whole thing. Rabbi, is there a commandment that implies that uh, prayer is a must? Oh. There is a mo- the most is, uh, is whenever you are in need, you should pray to God and not to anybody else. Then you so fulfill. That's the commandment. That's the commandment in the Torah. Make no, 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 no. It's more than that. There is a commandment in the Torah. You should serve God with all your heart. This is prayers. Yeah, but, but in general, the biblical commandment is to pray when you are in need. For example, if you're sitting in a game and you're watching your son and you want him to win and you don't say, God help him, this is pure prayer. This is the fulfillment of the biblical myths of prayer. The rabbis made that you should pray three times a day and inst- instituted in a way that, and gave you the language, what to pray, but it's a rabbinic mitzvah to pray three times a day. Mm-hmm. Because the mitzvah is to pray when you are in need. Mm-hmm. But this is and a, then there's a rabbinical kind of rule to pray three times a day besides that. No, not that beside. <coughs> now, if you pray it because, because you're not in need, you just, the, the question is, what is your need? If your need is, as you're going to learn later, if your need is to connect to God, then you're three times a day, you, need, you fulfill a biblical mitzvah. I learned it from the rabbi. Mm-hmm. You understand? If your need is a Volvo in a villa, and you say, I have already my Volvo, I'm good, that I put my prayers, I do it because the rabbi told me to pray. But if my need is to connect to God, that I may need again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. That the question is, what do we want? We want, to, we want to make the service a rabbinic mitzvah or a biblical mitzvah? It's up to us. Mm-hmm. But this is, I took you a little too far, a little ahead of the game. Sorry. No problem, no problem. Continue. Okay, you continue. <coughs> Maybe you want to drink something? Okay. Similarly, Rabbi Irmia. Irmia was sitting before Rabbi Zaira and they were engaged in the study of 
halacha. The time for prayer was approaching, and it was getting late, and Rabbi Yirmiyah was hurrying to conclude the subject that they were studying in order to pray. Rabbi Zerah said, This verse is applying as applying to Rabbi Yirmiyah, one who turns his ear from hearing Torah, his prayer is also an abomination. Oh, you see, that what you see here, you see there are two types, two schools of thoughts. Some people said, it's all about learning Torah. And some school of, and the other rabbi said, no, we have to pray, we have to connect to God. We have to pray. And the people who were only Torah were kind of upset with the people who were praying because they didn't get it. They didn't get what the other rabbis are, what's behind it. As we're going to read it now, continue. The rabbi. Therefore, when the high priest saw the people accompanying Shemaya and Avtalion, he was concerned not for his own honor, God forbid, but for the honor of prayer, that the people were holding Torah study in greater regard than prayer. He was representing prayer. He just prayed the whole day. And the ironic to the people of the Torah means they, 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 honor, they value more the Torah representative than the prayer representative. And he was worried that my prayer might lose a little bit of his importance. People will not understand what's more important. So, this, this is, is why, why... the high priest said, May the descendants of the nations come in peace. The difference between prayer and Torah study is that prayer is a connection in the merit of our forefathers, as we say at the beginning of the Amida prayer, God of Abraham, etc. While prayer focuses in requesting one's personal needs, it must be prefaced by praise of God. And the first thing mentioned as part of this is the merit of our ancestors. This indicates that prayer is primarily relevant to the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Regarding converts, there is a debate over whether they can refer to our forefathers in the prayer recited when bringing the Bikurim fruits. However, far as Torah study is concerned, yeah, yeah. Uh, converts are, e- are equal with all other Jews descended from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as the Midrash teaches that all of the Jewish people were present at the giving of the Torah, those that are physically present here today, as well as those that are not, comes to include converts. Okay, let's explain what we read just now. There is a mitzvah bikurim. Bikurim means you have to bring the first fruit from your uh, vineyard, from your uh, field, and to bring it to the temple. When you came there, you say the prayer. That you said that you said a part of it is I'm thanking God. The whole idea of Bikurim was being thankful. I'm thanking God for the land that He promised, that He gave us the land that He promised to Abraham, Isaac, and to our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's a Talmudic discussion if a convert to brought it, the first fruit to the temple, in the time of the temple, can he say our fathers or he cannot say our fathers? Actually, the conclusion is that he could say because everybody is considered their children. But there is still, the prayers is more connected. Who established prayers? The whole idea of prayers comes from where? Why we pray three times a day? We started from Abraham. Three forefathers. Three forefathers. Abraham established the idea of praying in the morning. Once he prayed in the morning. He didn't pray every morning. Isaac prayed once in the afternoon, and Jacob prayed once in the evening. That's why we pray three times a day. Then it must, the whole idea of prayer, of connecting to God. You know why we say in the prayers, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob? Mm-hmm. Because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob searched for God, yearned for God, looked for God, walked, went through a lot for God. Moses kind of God looked for him, you understand what I'm saying? Moses had a lot of uh, lay power, I mean, lay power, I mean, he had, he had, he said, God, you want for me to do it? Then A, B, and C. He gave God conditions. <laughs> 
because God looks for them. Abraham, that's why I made the prayers. You don't mention God of Moses. Why? Because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob represents prayer. They connected to God. Then this is more for the sentence. It's more when the sentence of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob pray, they have, a, they have a more connection, if you want. Even that everybody has to pray. Even non-Jews have to pray to God. That's, by the way, not a Jewish thing. Prayers are also for non-Jews. A, have to pray to God. I mentioned a few times there was a group of, of uh, rabbis, Chabad rabbis, went to meet the pre- Prime Minister of Canada and they told the Rebbe they're going to bring him uh, a Kiddush cup. And the Rebbe wrote back, what is going to do with a Kiddush cup? Bring him a, a prayer book. It's for him too. Everybody can pray. But here we're talking about the connection. Then people who are, so to speak, the sense of Abraham, and Jacob, feel more connected to pray. When it comes to learning Torah, as we said before, Convert are equal, equal with the Jewish, with every Jew. Everybody, it's written that everybody, was, when God gave the Torah, when Moses says in the name of God, uh, uh, we, Moses says, anybody who is here, who is not here. It means to say, at Mount Sinai. Whoever was at Mount Sinai, everybody is like, any Jew, any convert or Jew learns Torah, is like he's standing at Mount Sinai. Everybody is equal to so learn Torah. No differences. By the way, we don't know who is not a children of a convert. What do you think? Moses was so uh, skin, so light skinned at us. We don't know how many. There are millions of over in Jewish history. Everybody's probably descendants of converts. No, but it represents more. What he wanted to tell them, you are more concerning and to, uh, busy with Torah because you don't appreciate the connection of prayers. That's what he tried to tell them. That's what the high priest tried to tell Shmaya and Naftali, who were children of Canva. When he wanted to tell them you're descendants of the nations, he didn't want to insult them. He wanted to tell them you are there because you don't appreciate the connection of prayers. Go ahead. When the high priest said, may the descendants of the nations come in peace, to Shmaya and Naftali, he didn't mean to offend them, God forbid, but to explain to them that the reason why they were focused on Torah study is because they are converts, descendants of the nations. However, for the descendants of Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, prayer should be of the greatest importance. Exactly. And that's what, that was the argument. The argument between the high priest and the Shemayin of Talion was more in, what's more important, prayers or Torah? This argument never stopped. And the Hasidic, the old Hasidic came to tell people, tell Judaism how important prayers are. That's what it's all about. Used to be 300 years ago, all the scholars and everybody else was like dirt. And then came the Baal Shem Tov and says, God loves your prayers. It's not how much Torah you know. Everybody can connect to God. And Chesidus brought the whole idea of prayers to an awareness to the world. And this argument went on forever, goes on until today. What's more important? Now, soon we'll see more about it. Go ahead. Torah only with peace. To this, Shemaya and Abtalion responded, may the descendants of the nations come in peace because they conduct themselves like Aaron, who loved and pursued peace. But may the descendant of Aaron not come in peace because he doesn't conduct himself like Aaron. In saying this, Shemaiah and Aptalion had no intention to curse the high priest, God forbid. Because they told him, you should not come in peace. That's what they told him, you understand? So to speak, you shouldn't have, he said shalom to you, they told him not shalom to you. That's what they told him, you understand what I'm saying? Go ahead. The high priest had just prayed for them and secured a good year for them. Their intention was to highlight the importance of Torah study that even Aaron, whose role was to draw the Jewish people close and raise them from below to above, 
the concept of prayer was suffused with the value of peace, which refers to Torah. As the verse says, her, the Torah's ways, are pleasant, and all her paths are peace. And as the sages say, Torah was given to establish peace in the world. This is the meaning of Shmaya and Avtalion's statement, a descendant of Aaron not come in peace, notwithstanding the greater the great importance of prayer, which raises a, a person up and connects him with God's essence. So long as a person serves God only with prayer, without including Torah study as well, he is missing peace, may he not come in peace. It's basically they told him, if you would pray out enough, you wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't fight about it. Basically, what he said is, it has to be a combination of the, the Torah affected him. The Torah is considered the Torah of peace. And because it's the Torah of peace, it means, in general, it's written, the Torah is called the Torah. Um, we say, We sing it. When we pick up, lift up the Torah, then, then what, we, what we say is that the Judaism, the Torah teaches us to be nice to each other to be kind to each other. And prayers, what they told them, just connecting to God is not enough. The Torah teaches us how to be nice to each other. And you need to have the combination of prayers and Torah. And only then you're the complete person. You need to have the balance of these two. You cannot have only learning Torah, or you cannot have only prayers. If you still have the argument, it means you don't understand the value the Torah brought to our, brings to our relationship. That's what they told them. To the relationship between people. That, that was the, basically, that was the argument between Shmaya and Naftalion. They told them that for the sake of prayer, we need to learn Torah. He says, oh, you're only learning Torah. They told him, no, we're learning Torah, and we are nicer than you, that you're supposed to be the nice guy. Your prayers, you're the man of emotion. If you think about that, Prayer is more from the heart. Torah is more logical. Mm-hmm. The, the, the inter, your intellectual, uh, intellectual person is more cold, more uh, invert, is more about himself, is more reserved. A person of prayers is more emotion, is more, that the emotional person should be nicer and kinder and more. And they told them, we are learning Torah, but the Torah influences us that we should on our behavior, we should be, be kind people. And you, that you're supposed to be the kind person, you're still missing something. Obviously, you need to learn Torah. The prayers didn't do the job. Now it comes a whole thing about the nature of prayer. What's more important? Prayers or Torah? Go Rabbi, ahead, please. Rabbi once saw Rabbi Hanania, Hanunia, who was prolonged in his prayer. He said they abandoned eternal life and engaging in temporal life. That's what we learned before. The same Rav Sorav Amnune, that he is praying too long, and he told them, you are abandoning eternal life for temporary things. We need to understand Rav's words, that some people neglect the eternal life, invest all their efforts in the temporal life, according to the teaching of the Chassidot. The Talmud really is leading an instructional, instructional story about how Rava instructed his students. Rav Hamania Munana was a chassid, a pious person. One oh, what is Rav Hamnuna? Rav Hamnuna was praying too long. It was called, you know, the word chassid, if it didn't, it wasn't invented 300 years ago when the Hasidic movement came. The chassid means a pious man, somebody who goes the extra mile. That's what a chassid is. 
And he doesn't think about himself, he thinks about others, thinks about God, thinks about other people. Then Rav Amnune was a chosid. What means when the early chosidim, what was a chosid and the early chosidim used to do? Early pious individuals, go ahead. Early pious individual. This chosidim would uh, devote nine hours every day to prayer. And they devoted uh, nine hours a day of prayer. Every day they used to pray three prayers a day. As is, we should make the calculation. They used to wait an hour before they prayed, preparing to prayers, pray for an hour, and another hour after prayer, still win off of the prayer. If you do it for nine, three prayers a day, nine hours, that's a question. What do you do with the, when you have time for anything else? Hmm. Go ahead, I'm sorry. That's okay. That's individual. This Chassidim would devote nine hours every day to, to prayer, as the Talmud relates, Prachot 32b. The early Chassidim would wait in com- contemplation for an hour, pray for an hour, and then wait again for another hour, and then there are three prayers every day, Shachid, Mincha, and Marev, and their prayers would occupy nine hours of their every day. Then Rav Amnune was a guy who spent nine hours a day of prayers. When Rav saw that Rav Amnune was playing at the length of he realized that his students would have a question. The lengthy time spent on prayer comes at the expense of a Torah study. And the Torah in Brachot said, asks, since they spend nine hours every day on prayers, when do they study? How are they able to remember their studies and when and how to provide their livelihood? The Talmud answers that they, since they conduct themselves to the PD, their study was preserved and their work was blessed. Rabbi explains that in his... One second, one second. What he says here is like this. Rabbi saw that Rabbi Amnune is, the, the Gemara is asking, how if, if this Hasidim, they pray for nine hours a day, then when they learn Torah? When they make a living? Then the Talmud answers a very interesting answer. Because they were, they were righteous people, that they learned in an hour what people take them 10 hours. Their, their memory and their understanding. It's got like open the brains. You know, sometimes you understand things in a second. You're in a good mood, you have a fresh day, you understand things quick. And sometimes you knock, you climb the straight walls and you don't understand it. Everyone has this experience. When you, the Rebbe used to say, when you help another Jew, that your heart and mind become more clear a thousand times more, not once more, a thousand times more. And says, this Hasidim, that you know, you can, you can do business for a half hour a day and you make millions, and you can walk your this and, uh, and make very little. To the, in today's world, if you made it in the stock market, you're good, right? Then that's what he says, this Hasidim, because, ah? Uh, Until last Friday. <laughs> oh, it went down on them? Oh, you very. Then, then, uh, then what, well, this past Friday? Just two days yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you I didn't know that. Oh, oh! <laughs> Hashem will help everything to come back, you'll see. And, and become even more. Then, uh, then the, that's what the, the, the Gemara is answering. Because they were righteous people, God made it work. They were able to understand Torah quick. They were able to make a living quick. Then Rove, when he was asking of Amnune, and he says, these people drop eternal life for temporary things, he didn't mean to insult them. He wanted to explain something very, very important. What's the difference between Torah and prayer? And he wanted to explain why prayer is, is, is more important. Continue. 
This is you're talking about. We're talking about general. You see, you asked them when the Hasidim. It's not like somebody supported them. They went to work. They right, just, right. What I'm saying. That's a that's idea of learning Torah all day and other people support you. Is relatively a new thing. I mean, it wasn't for. But these people, you need to understand, they they dedicating their life. The, the, the support that they get is very little. They live a very Much. financially very poor life. Much. I understand. I mean, Mother, I, I, very I, modest life. And listen, some of them become very great scholars. And sometimes to have very great scholars, you need to you need to give the opportunity to many people. Just as we said before, it's a number game. Then you, when you have, if you have a thousand uh, people study a whole day, then maybe ten will come out great scholars. The Jewish people need great scholars. Then it's not, I, it's not my way. We believe the Rebbe said that everybody should go out and share his Judaism and share his Torah with others. But some people do it. God bless them. <laughs> okay, then continue. Rabbi Contrary to the popular conception, prayer isn't about saying the words in an uh, audible tone and knowing their meaning. The true meaning of prayer is achieving unity with God, uh, devoting oneself to divine service through the exercise, uh, exercise prayer. of prayer. What is prayer? Is prayer, a ta- is prayer something that we, we, only ask, we, we only ask for our need? Or as I said before, prayer is a time to spend time with God, to connect to God. Rave wants to say, and I'll tell you what prayer is. Prayer is a connection with God. And that's what he continued. That's what he, he puts it in in the world. Continue. Rave explained to his students that there are two forms of divine service, Torah study and prayer. And Torah study is eternal life, while praying is a temporary life. Prayer is called temporary life. Um, Chayisha. Chayisha. The word... Uh, sharp also has the meaning. See the word, it's written, Chayei Sha'a means, could, could mean temporary life, but could also mean Sha'a comes to the word tuning, tuning to you. The short, continue, that's what he explains. As in a, a verse, and God's turn, Vayasha to Vayisha Isabel, and he's offering, well, he did not turn to Cain, and he is offering Shach. Okay, what he says here is like this. It's written about Cain and Abel. God turned to, to, to Abel's uh, uh, prayer um, offering and not to Cain. The word that's turned is written Vaisha. Vaisha means God turns to you. Or you turning to God. When I make a turn, that's called Vaisha. Shah means to turn. To make a care, to move, to move from your daily affairs and to turn to God. That's what prayers is all about. Mm-hmm. You want to continue? Um, uh, prayer is a spiritual life, devotion to that which stands above the person. Torah study is what a person takes for himself. This is what study is about, understanding that what one is studying and drawing conclusions from it. Torah satisfies my ego. I learn, I enjoy that, I understand that it's about me. Prayer is about the above. 
It's not about me. It's to connect to something that I don't understand. That's what prayer is all about. Pray to God. What means? What's God? You, you, you connect to something that's above your logic. And that's what you want to connect to, to hold on to. Not, oh, I understand everything. We know everything. So Rabbi, is learning Torah um, uh, makes you a better prayer? <laughs> Again, yeah, you should be make you a better prayer, yeah. But learning Torah could also bring you to ego. Or could, because, oh, I'm such a great scholar and such a... But it should make you, because if you really learn Torah and you connect to and you understand the wisdom of God, you become more humble and you understand how much you don't know and how much is there above understanding. I see, I see. It makes you a better person. Absolutely. In Torah, continue. The study of the devotion is to the Torah, uh, to the study material, to the topic one's attempting to understand. In prayer, in contrast, the devotion is to what stands beyond understanding. Not to that which a person understands, but to an infinite level beyond understanding, a realm suffused with faith. Exactly. Prayer is about faith. <clears throat> it's about what you don't understand. Continue. What? What are you going to say? No, no, I was going to say, uh, you know, people say, oh, you know, prayer is just words, whatever. Ha, ha, right? So the, qu the question is, how do you turn words into, you know, some... Uh, yeah, you have to, you have, that's why you have to really prepare yourself for prayer. You cannot just fall out of bed and it doesn't work. And you have to you have to have the mindset that you're standing in front of God and you're talking to God that the world doesn't really make much of a difference. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're speaking to God now. And this connection is something that you work on. It's something that you you it doesn't come by itself many times. You have to you have to you have to feed it. You have to learn about it. That's why we learn Hasidus to prepare us for spirituality. For you learn about God. You understand you have the, yeah. Learning before the prayer is to be a more spiritual concept that will put you in the mood that to connect to God. If you're praying to God with that, what was the example? Like when you want a car or you want your child to, you know, or the baseball team to win or whatever, that's still considered a prayer? Absolutely. That's a real prayer. <laughs> but you have to pray for your need because when you're How in need... <laughs> <laughs> ask, ask, your, ask your son if he wants to win the game or doesn't. Hmm. Sure, it's a need. When you need, you connect easier. That's my point. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah, you're right. When, you connect, when, you, when you're in need, or how you remember God? You know the expression that there is no, no uh, atheist in the foxhole. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Okay, so even those are still oh, good right. prayers. Yeah. But sure, oh, that's the real prayer. <laughs> they say everybody's an atheist until turbulence. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Everybody's a chochem until he needs God. You know, when you, you talk, when suddenly you see when things are getting uh, tight, everybody remembers God. Everybody's connecting God in a second. That's like unbelievable because deep down we have this connection. And that's why when you're in need, that's the real prayer. That when you pray three times a day, again prayer, that you have, to, you have to have this connection. And when you have this connection, then you feel it. That you, that's what, what we're speaking all about. The whole class is about you should pray for your spiritual need, not for you, because your physical needs are fulfilled. Now what? I'm happy. Your spiritual need are never fulfilled. I want God. I want a little more of God. I want a more connection with Him. Because if you enjoy connection with God, you never want to stop. You want more and more and more. Go ahead, please. The Torah, in Torah study, a Jew feels like a student before his teacher. In prayer, a Jew feels like a child before his father. This is an amazing example, description. This is the, if I would write the, book, the, the class, I would make it the title of the whole class. The, the, in Torah, when you learn Torah, you're a student by a rabbi. In prayer, you're like a child by your father. Please help me, God. Prayer 
is his comfort, his internal life. It captures all of his emotions and bestows on him the greatest blessings. Prayer infuses a Jew with joy and inspiration. It fans his hope and it makes him feel stronger. Through prayer, one develops a firm resolution that from now on he will change completely. He will cast away all in his negative elements, all of his negative elements. His negative character traits of jealousy, hate, falsehood, gossip, and slander, as well as his negative forms of conduct, such as indifference to others and coarseness. He will now only see good things and trust that God will help him improve in all of his affairs. These are the two forms of the divine service. Torah study creates eternal life, and prayer creates chayasha, of turning to God. A, a life of turning to God. That's what it's all about. Thank you very much.